All right, back on the big show. We've been talking about it all day long. I'm sure it's probably front page news in Buffalo because they're talking about retribution. They're talking about revenge. You will not push us around anymore, Boston Bruins. We saw what you did to our goaltender, Ryan Miller, and we're not happy about it. So tonight in Buffalo, this is the hottest ticket in town, isn't it, Jack Edwards? Bruins Sabres? Without a doubt, Michael, it's great to be with you. And and uh, there's definitely a level of excitement in this city that's not like it is with a normal NHL game. And I'm, I'm really not sure if I can place it because, uh, you know, clearly the Sabres are not a brawling type of team, especially when Cody McCormick, who's uh, one of their main guys to go, uh, is nursing an upper body injury. We don't know if he's going to play or not tonight, but uh, it, it sure seems as if uh, – if they decide they're just going to drop them all night long, uh, they're playing more into Boston's hands. So I think what they're going to do is really, really pressure Boston's goalies on bobbles and uh, and rush the crease pretty hard and and uh, give Boston goalies a face full of snow on every single stoppage. Um, but besides probably Gostad against Lucic, I don't know if we're going to see too many fisticuffs. But you never know. You never know. Oh, wait a minute, Jack. That started off the game in Boston, started off as a competitive game, and it wound up being – a laugher, couldn't you say that, that Buffalo had the opportunity at that time to to exact some revenge on the Bruins because they had the excuse earlier of, hey, well, we can't do anything stupid in, in a one-goal game, but that game didn't wind up a one-goal game. So why didn't they do something in Boston? I, I think that former Buffalo enforcer Rob Ray, who now works with their television crew, probably put it best. And this is coming from a guy who had 3,207 NHL penalty minutes. He said, there are games when you decide to give up the two points because doing so will be worth 10 points to you down the line as the season wears on, and that was one of those games. Whether they can recapture that spirit, pick it up, and make good, uh, we don't know. But uh, they certainly had the opportunity then. They had two more periods in which to exact their revenge, and they consciously chose not to do it because I'm sure – it was discussed in the room during both intermissions. Well, what are the sources for pressure for, for the Sabres? Would it be from the fans, from the media coverage, from the coach, as we heard uh, chastised them for not handling it back then? Would it, become, would it come from themselves in the locker room? What, where's the pressure to, to go out and, and make a statement, uh, a physical violence statement? Steve, you would hope that it would start with the players in the room and within the players' hearts themselves. Uh, Paul Gostad already has had a public mea culpa saying that he apologized to Ryan Miller and that it would never happen again. Um, so I think that he's probably the most likely to drop the gloves with Lucic. Also, he matches up reasonably well with him. There aren't too many guys who can go with Luch, and uh, uh, Gostad is actually slightly taller and goes about the same weight, maybe uh, 5 or 10 pounds lighter than Lucic. And uh, Gostad also has a significant fighting background. He has about 30 NHL fighting majors. But you're right, there is a tremendous amount of pressure from the fan base that has been extraordinarily loyal to a team that uh, has not exactly uh, wiped the floor with the Eastern Conference. You know, this is a Buffalo squad that uh, uh, has been kind of on the cusp of the playoffs the last few years. Some years they make it, some years they don't. But the fans fill the building and provide tremendous television ratings every single year. They pay attention. They know the game. They're extraordinarily passionate. And when they see their franchise goalie go down and not get defended with fisticuffs, uh, they want to see some blood flow. And uh, they wouldn't even mind if it's Buffalo blood as long as somebody's at least willing to go up there and spill it. 
you know, it, it's been a, a, a nine-game sample size during this winning streak, so it, it's not too small and it's not overwhelming. I mean, you can you can pick up some trends in nine games. Is it fair to say, Jack, that what we're seeing now from the Bruins is not necessarily a continuation of what we saw last year? I mean, I'm seeing them score a lot. It's not it, it's not an aberration when I see the the Bruins put up five or six goals. It's yeah, we've seen that a, a few times this year. Do they have a different identity than they did last year? Perhaps slightly, and if it is that way, it's because that there's a, a greater depth and breadth of technical skill on this team. You've got guys from the get-go like Chris Kelly and Rich Peverly and a much improved, a new and improved Tyler Sagan uh, who give Claude Julien so many more options offensively. Um, but this is really a next, the next logical step in the coaching uh, philosophy and, and uh evolution of of Claude Julian he adds a layer every single year this year uh, he wants to produce turnovers in a position where the Bruins defensemen are pretty close to the forwards so you can attack in fours and fives and we saw that just the other day in Montreal when Andrew Ferentz ends up scoring a goal for his second consecutive game because he joined the rush and made it a four on three or a four on two off ice so he was the extra guy Uh, you didn't often see that last year or the year before because the defensemen hadn't been told that they needed to keep that gap a little bit smaller. So uh, I I think it's slightly different, but it's a natural extension and a natural evolution of coaching philosophy. Uh, Jack, does this nine-game winning streak, and and in particular the way they've been playing, uh, does that make the start of the season even more more of an obvious Stanley Cup hangover? Yeah, I think it was about – understanding where they had to be mentally. Uh, one of the most interesting comments I heard from a player was when Tyler Sagan said, we almost let the games mean too much for us, and that got us off center. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that a game shouldn't mean the world to you, but I'm sure that as a pro- former professional athlete, Steve, you, you understand how it's possible to get over-amped and over-involved, and then what happens is you overreact to things. And the smallest lead looks like a big lead, a, a little bit of a lead, uh, you get a little bit too high, and maybe the highs were too high and the lows were too low, and they couldn't find that center and they couldn't find that emotional balance. But um, I think the whiff of mortality, waking up and seeing themselves in 15th place and knowing that they had a month to make a move and that if they were outside the top 10 on December 1st, they almost certainly would be outside the top 8 come April 1st, um, really got their attention. And also just a tremendous job of video coaching where Claude Julian and Jeff Ward and Doug Huda and Doug Jarvis huddled, and they chose very specific moments to show the Bruins in a long video session after the second Montreal loss. And they said, this is the way we are supposed to play, and this is the way we played when we made ourselves champions. These are the breakdowns we're experiencing now. Eliminate the breakdowns, play the way we did as champions. And you know what? They're playing a lot closer to the way they were as champions but believe it or not, this Bruins team can get even better in its defensive zone. You know, they can break out of the zone a lot more cleanly than they did against Montreal a couple of nights ago. Um, they can be better in the back half of the ice. Well, and using that logic, can they can they use this and almost settle into a, a routine where they're playing a very high caliber level of hockey? Just because that it seems natural to me. Now, some teams will. Uh, it, it almost feels natural for them to be that type of team, that competitive in every game, that, uh, you know, you can get into a rut this, of winning the same way you get into a rut of, of losing. 
you know, most of us had to read Jack London in high school, and we're used to the lead dog always leading the pack. Yep. This Bruins team is an unusual team in that um, there are different lead dogs at different times and in different situations. And when you get shared leadership, and, you know, Steve, you were on some great teams that mm-hmm. did some great things. When it comes time to lead and it's your turn to lead, do you shrink from it or do you rise to it? Right. Do you not want that moment or do you want it to be on your plate? And this Bruins team has about uh, probably 12 out of 20 skaters who, uh, who want that on their plate every time they suit up. And if it happens to be their night, they're going to be ready for it. And that's, that's the mark of this team during this streak. It hasn't been any one or two or three players. It's, it's been about ten. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to rant right now. I'm just going to very uh, uh, impartially give you the news, a news report from uh, a few days ago, and then let you react to it. Uh, officials in uh, Canada say that uh, Zidane Chara will not be charged for his uh, hit on Max Pacioretty. Your thoughts? Here are my thoughts. With a couple of minutes to go in the game, a couple of nights ago in Montreal, there was a tremendous brawl in the stands. We don't show that kind of stuff on Nesson because it sends the wrong message. But I'm telling you, these two guys were just throwing haymakers at each other, and it was a serious, serious public hazard. No charges have been filed against either guy, and there isn't even an investigation that's going to be conducted because according to the Montreal police, something I read in a story here in Buffalo today, nobody complained about it. So I guess if you go to a hockey game and you don't like the way it goes, you can file a complaint against a professional hockey player from another team who acts within the boundaries of the game and is disciplined or not disciplined within the boundaries of the game. And that merits a criminal investigation that runs for eight months before it's finally called off. But if two guys are knocking each other's teeth out, Spilling beer all over fans who paid 120 bucks a seat, and they have to get separated physically by about a half a dozen bouncers. That's not a big deal. That's okay. That's Montreal law and justice for you, Michael. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Edwards. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. But hey, who you got tonight, Jack? Uh, I, I like the Bruins in a very hard-fought, high-tempo game. I think there's going to be one or two fights. I think once they get rid of that, uh, both teams are going to play for what's much more valuable, which is first place in the Northeast Division. The winner of this team is going to be in first place in the Northeast Division. Do not be late for the face-off of this game because you never know. It could go right from the drop. Face-off is about seven minutes past seven. Well, we won't be late. And, hey, Jack, uh, always appreciate talking to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you, and to you and yours, and also to yours, Steve. Thanks, Jack. You too. All right, it's Jack Edwards. Check him out tonight. He will have the broadcast of the game. The Bruins will take on the Sabres. Bruins trying to win their 10th consecutive game. What a run for them. Great. Who'd have thought that? And then you get some drama with this, too. Yeah. It's not just – I mean, the Bruins going for 10 consecutive wins would be enough. But the Bruins going for win, uh, consecutive win number 10 with Buffalo hating on them a little bit. Way, you know, Buffalo wanting to fight. Yeah, but you I know mean, what? You imagine, you imagine you travel to Buffalo and you just know they want to fight. Right. Except that Not, they may fight, they will fight. You. Except that they don't bring a lot to that table when it talks. I mean, you're that's not, okay. That makes it even better. Yeah, but you no, don't want to fight somebody who's actually <laughs> might be able to beat you. you well, yeah, you, know, you want you want to knock them out. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, how about being that team that you know you you're not in the NHL and you don't you know what your team's made up of. 
Right. How about how about being in that in that locker room for Buffalo saying, you know, we're gonna have to go out there, but we're not really we're not really equipped to to brawl like that, but you know, we have to anyway because that's the NHL and that's what you do and that's what everybody expects. And you know, you going out, you can't be. I'm sure not, they're not tentative guys, but you. But the overall feeling has got to be we're not that we're not that brawler team. We're not that team that can go out there and and the Bruins have a few guys that can that can throw down. So are you just wondering if guys are like you know hey let's get a couple quick ones over with and then we can just play hockey. Let's let's drop them at the uh, at the drop of the uh, puck, the opening drop of the puck, like they did uh, with the whole Matt Cook thing. Was it Matt Cook thing? Yeah, the that's right. You know, yeah, Matt Cook with the Penguins after right. they took out Savard. Right. Drop. Now, and that was a close game, but yep. then people felt like hey the Bruins close game or not. They should have responded at that time. They yes. didn't respond. They came back. Sean Thornton did what he had to do. Yep. And then the, the Bruins went out and played a pretty right. know, listless game right. overall. Right. And they had a fight, but the game really wasn't much to speak of. Their energy level was way down. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back to more of your calls, and we're going to have a shout-out to a radio ah. classic, Thanksgiving classic here on WEEI. We have our own modified gobbles right after this. The Sabres hopes sleep with the Edmund Fitzgerald at the bottom of Gitchy Gooby. 